Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you are joining us for another hope-filled message. And our prayer is that you are encouraged by this powerful Sunday sermon. Why don't you find your seats? Are you excited to be in church? You're glad you're sitting next to the people you're sitting next to? That's good, because it's too late to change. <laughs> hey, whether you're in this auditorium, you're in one of our locals, you're online. Just before we get to God's Word, I wanted to take a moment just to let our church know of a gathering that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. And it's a gathering known as Expansion Builders. And maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. But really, Expansion Builders are a key part of our core of life here, really, they are people that feel they have a significance and a God call, a God gift when it comes around finances and helping extend God's kingdom through life. And, you know, if you're in that place and you feel like God has called you to further the kingdom expression here at life through finances or you're gifted in that area, then you're invited and you may not know that it's coming up. And on the screen, there's a bunch more details Uh, that you can reach out, you can text builders to 4989 about, but we're really believing that we wouldn't uh, just park at where we're at as a church and what God's done, but that we would stand on the shoulders and the foundation that's gone before. And there are so many more people that need Jesus. How many know that? And we believe that life is positioned to do that. But I wanna take a moment to speak to those that really believe that this is their call, this is their God gift, because that environment on the 16th and 17th, that environment where we're gonna to come together for not just input, but impartation, connection, prayer, a time of prophetic ministry. We're really believing, not just because we've got a great guest in Dr. Sam, but we're really believing that God is gonna show up and God is gonna meet and God is gonna speak and he's gonna show us the future that is ahead of us so that we can continually see his generation be told, uh, his works be told from one generation to the next. And I really wanna take a moment before we get to God's word to stress the importance if you do feel like God's saying, hey, that's you. It's not about whether you've got a successful business or you're just starting out as a young professional. I believe God calls people to say, you know what, this is my lane to run and I have been given gifts and I've been given talents and opportunities to actually inherit God's kingdom in my life but actually sow seed to see other people's lives impacted and changed with the reality of Jesus. So you can text builders to 4989. If you wanna be a part of that event, Pastor Tim will come back to you. If you give us a few short details, he'll follow you up in the coming weeks. And we're really believing it's gonna be a time where we're gonna come together and hear from God and believe that the future is gonna see thousands and thousands and thousands of more people say yes to Jesus because of people like you and I committing to build his house. Amen. Can we put our hands together for our worship team and thank them for ministering today? We'll see you soon. But it is a significant Sunday in the Christian calendar. And maybe it's your first time in an environment like this, or like me, you've been in church a little while, but today is Pentecost. We're gonna take a moment to go on a journey to understand the importance of this day for us as believers. And then we're gonna create room for the power and the presence of our almighty God, Holy Spirit, to invade our lives. I believe today something is gonna shift in your life. Whether you're in a local, online, or in this room, I believe God is omnipresent and he is everywhere always. But today, as we take a moment to focus on what Pentecost is and what it means to you and I, I'm praying that we would walk out not just because a moment changed us, but we would understand through revelation there's a difference. We are empowered by the very presence of Almighty God. 
You see, we understand Pentecost is a chance for you and I to actually celebrate and remember the gift we've been given. He is a person, Holy Spirit. The date is significant in the calendar because it's when believers like you and I, as we're gonna read in a moment, we're empowered to do what we're called to do. And before we get to Acts chapter two and Acts one, it says this, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They were basically saying, can we just have heaven on earth right now? Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Verse eight, but you will what? Receive. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit becomes upon you. And you will then be a witness telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, which is good news for us here in New Zealand, because if you do a geographical study, we're the end of the earth as far as Jerusalem speaking. So praise the Lord, we're included. (laughs) But I want you to capture it because the disciples were saying, we want something right here and right now, God, and we want it the way we think it needs to be, and he says, you just gotta wait, because the moment it happens, everything changes. And as believers in a year of come, follow me, discipleship, you've gotta be reminded, I gotta be reminded, it's not just for our own benefit, so we've got a superpower, but it's to bear witness to then everyone, and we witness through the power of the Spirit on the inside of us, the purpose of carrying the Holy Spirit it's not just for all the good miracles, et cetera, et cetera, but it's to glorify the name of Jesus. You see, you gotta understand, Pentecost is not just some New Testament moment that took place. Pentecost was a festival. And you'll discover in the Old Testament, this festival happened 50 days after Passover. Passover, as we know, Easter and all of that that goes with it. That These moments in the calendar for Jewish tradition were vitally important, and this is pre-Jesus. We get the benefit of living with what took place at the cross, but this was a ritual, this Pentecost festival, festival, where Jewish people would bring their first fruits, their best, their first to the Lord, made from the grains of their harvest. Jewish tradition actually tells us that Pentecost in the Old Testament is where the law was given. But I love how the New Testament shows us and we understand in the moments we live in in the 21st century Christianity, Pentecost is now not just when the law was given. Pentecost was a moment that took place when people gathered, much like today, were present, and as believers, they received the spirit of grace now in its fullest. And that's why we pick it up here in Acts 2, and if you've been in church and been to Pentecost Sundays before or read this, then I wanna challenge you like I've challenged myself this week as I've been preparing, have some fresh eyes because I believe God wants to speak in a very real and powerful way. And Acts 2 verse one says this, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. The beauty of technology, we're all in one place now. But as they were meeting, suddenly there was a sound from heaven 
like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And verse four says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. For sake of time, I'm gonna paraphrase the next little bit. We're gonna jump into verse 16. But as the sound took place, as this fire appeared, as these tongues came forth, there was a commotion in the city and people started running to what was going on. They were amazed because people from different nations were represented there and people that couldn't speak the language of these people were now speaking the language of them. And they're like, how are you doing this? What is going on? And we pick it up as Peter is preaching and he says, no, what you see is not that these people are drunk or crazy or out there. No, what you see was actually predicted long ago. Predicted by a prophet by the name of Joel, and he says this, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit, God says. Even on the servants, men and women alike, and they what? Will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants. I will cause, I love this, wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But, verse 21 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Father, we pray today as we gather on your word on such a critical, significant day. Let us not take for granted the reality that we have breath to breathe, <laughs> let alone the access to your very power in heaven here on earth and in our mortal bodies. Father, I pray that today, for those that feel the furthest away from you, those that have just made an incredible decision to say yes to you, all the way through to those that have been in church a little while, Lord, would you move? Holy Spirit, we give you permission to move in our lives, to move in our moments. We ask your word to speak to us. Would you lead and guide us into all truth in Jesus' wonderful name? And everyone said, amen. amen. I don't know if you've ever had the friend that I've had over the years where they get so excited about something they experienced when they're telling you, you feel like you need to tell them to calm down. I've got one child in particular that loves to get overzealous in her recounting of something awesome that happened at school or with her friends, and it's like, you weren't there, so you're not really getting it, but you feel like you should be getting it because of the way they're conversing with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, maybe you're one of these people where you experience something and you've had a moment you could point back to where your life was changed. It was just that good. You can't help but tell people. It's like if you go to a steak restaurant and you find the best steak, you're telling everyone, or for all the vegans out there, the freshest, crispest piece of lettuce you've ever had. <laughs> Those moments in life where because of your what? Experience. Because of your encounter, it stirs expectancy, even on behalf of other people, to get excited with you. 
We live in a world, we live in a day, we live in an age where society wants to zap the excitement out of believers' lives because it's just too tough and it's just too hard and there's just another thing and another thing and so then we just barely make it to church. Praise God you made it. (laughs) But I believe that as we're gonna go on the journey and discover today that when you say yes to Jesus, you are now filled with Holy Spirit himself and you now have power and access to the greatest life you've ever lived. But the question is, the challenge for us is how expected are we for him to move? Because I've found and discovered in my 37 years of living that my expectancy leads to encounter. And I'm believing today in a few moments time, wherever you may be, at church, that as your expectancy rises for his power, his presence, his spirit, Holy Spirit, to enter and invade you, we are gonna see encounter. You see, it's interesting to me that the disciples had to wait 10 days for this Pentecost moment. What do I mean by that? Jesus promised them that I'm gonna go and Holy Spirit's gonna come, and just as he said that, he ascends to heaven. That would have been a cool moment. Would have loved to have been there. If only phones were around, they could have captured it. But. And as he leaves, the disciples are left waiting. I mean, I like to put myself in the story, so I'm thinking they've kind of gone, all right, Jesus, you're saying it's gonna be better, so we'll trust you with this one. And they probably thought it would happen that night. Because if Jesus said it, well, every time he said it, it's happened. Maybe it was a sleepless night because they didn't want to miss it. And they wake up the next day and there's no promise. So they might have got together, I don't know. This is just how my brain works. And they're like in the holy huddle and they're like, well, maybe it'll be in three days time because that's what happened with the tomb thing. So maybe we'll just wait for the third day. Three days rolls by, nothing. Starting to get a little worried. Maybe we've missed it. (laughs) Maybe Jesus was just dangling a carrot. I don't know what was thinking. I thought maybe, okay, if it's not three days, seven days. Yeah, good biblical number, completion, seven days. We'll wait for the seven days. Seven days goes, but then on the 10th day, as they were sitting, waiting, longing, expectant, bang, they were filled. The challenge for you and I, is to stay expectant even when we don't feel he's present. How expectant are you for an encounter? Is your Christianity, let's put it out there, as a challenge, just the 65 minutes on a Sunday morning? You barely got here, but you got here. Praise the Lord, I believe God's going to encounter you, but... You and I must get to a place where we realize the Holy Spirit's not limited just an upper room moment or a Sunday morning experience. But if we stay expectant every moment of every day, we will see him at work and we will encounter his presence. Maybe someone needs to be encouraged. You feel like you're in a waiting season right now. You've done all the things you know to do in God, but you're still waiting 
thing with waiting is you either get frustrated or expected. No one really likes to go to the doctor and wait in line and wait in line and wait in line. It causes frustration. But if you're going to your favorite concert, no problem to wait in line. Because <laughs> you're excited to go. There is two avenues when it comes to waiting. And I wonder if the 10 days obviously was a fulfillment of the 50 days, was an opportunity for the disciples who had Jesus at their very side doing all the miracles we preach about and we read about. I wonder if it was a moment for them to say, you know what? Do we believe this or do we believe this? If he said it, he will do it. But what do we do in the waiting? Maybe you're frustrated at God right now. It's okay, he's big enough for it, but could I encourage you to turn the frustration into expectancy? Because we see that the sitting, the waiting, the longing for God's power to turn up and be revealed in them was what created an atmosphere and an environment for them to be filled. See, the meaning of Pentecost is God equipping his church with the power of his spirit so that we would be able to glorify him amongst all people and all nations. The Holy Spirit is not just a force. He's not just a feeling, he is a person. And in fact, he's the third person of the Trinity. And if we're not careful on a day like this, we'll just say, let's press into an atmosphere and get some good old feels going. No, 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 he is a person that resides with you, walks with you, is ahead of you, is behind you, is your protection on the left and the right, but how available are we to him to lead? You see, we read these three practical, I guess, descriptions of what took place in the upper room. There was what? Wind, there was fire, and there was tongues. And it's interesting to me where it says they heard the wind rather than felt the wind. I mean, it's no surprise to us that we can't see wind here on earth, but we can see the effects of the wind, right? But I love it because Acts 2, as we read in verse 6, says, when they heard, what? The loud noise. Everyone came running And they were bewildered, what? To hear own languages being spoken by the believers. The truth is, when we are born again by his spirit, when we are not just church attending, Bible reading, Jesus following Christians, but born again and led by his spirit, and we allow his spirit to work in us, it draws people to God. It wasn't the effect of a tree being blown at that moment that caused the commotion for people to come running. They heard a sound. And the mighty windstorm caused this, we've got to go, caused this drawing towards. They wanted to work out naturally what was taking place supernaturally. And in a day and an age where we're believing discipleship would be what we not just do, but who we are, 
disciples of Christ, there wouldn't need to be some five-step strategy to say the right thing to open the door to encourage someone to come to church, but the very being of Holy Spirit working in, there would be a drawing towards who we are. Say, I don't know what it is, but you're different and I need to know. Not only was there a wind, there was a fire. You know, fire in the Bible symbolizes God's what? Holy presence. Remember the story of Moses in the burning bush? God was in the fire. Or maybe the Israelites in the wilderness being protected by what? Pillars of fire. The truth is, as Hebrews puts it in verse 29 of chapter 12, God is a consuming fire. I want to take a moment to talk to people with faith. How consumed are you by him? See, the fire of God marks us as believers, but I believe there's an importance here that when you are living by his spirit, filled with his spirit, Holy Spirit leading and guiding our lives, there's a need to be hot, not lukewarm. Don't know if you've ever tried to touch fire to see if it's lukewarm or not, but it's not going to go well. We know fire is hot. And when you live with the Spirit, you get called to a consuming nature of who God is, and so nothing else really matters because I've got to be with Him and living for Him all the days of my life. Not only does fire provide heat, but it provides what? Light. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we are marked, but we now also have the ability to provide warmth and light to those in darkness. See, this is why it's important that we understand it's not just in the noise and the drawing, but actually in the consuming nature of who he is that people start to discover warmth and light. And then finally, it talks not just of wind or fire, but tongues. And I believe the way we outwork and release his power in our lives is through our speech, through the proclamation of God's power and his word becomes the evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in lives. You will have heard Pastor Aaron say how amazing of a testimony where this young boy was radically healed. We can't put our finger on it, even the specialists can't put our finger on it, but what we can know is that there was a declaration, a speaking of God's word, and an activation of the faith despite the circumstance and the prognosis. See, Paul writes in Romans, it's the gospel that is the power of salvation to all who believe. The gospel is what changed your life and changed my life. But the question I have is a question posed to us in Romans 10 verse 14. How can people call on him to save them unless they believe in him, and how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone, what, tells them? You see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you realize it's not just a feeling now, the Holy Spirit comes in you. And then it transitions, and the challenge for you and I is that now Holy Spirit not just comes on and in, but needs to come out. 
And this is why the tongues are significant. There's an importance in speaking in the language of God. In fact, I would say it's of a vital importance to our faith. The truth is, we all need the Holy Spirit guiding our lives to successfully live for God in this very crazy, corrupt, challenging world. But I want to challenge your thinking for a moment and declare there's a very real difference between Christians who know God and may have even had an experience with Him, maybe saved in that regard, set free in that regard, but there's a very real difference to those who actually let Holy Spirit lead their lives. I don't know if it's because I've been focusing on this this week, but at 7.23 a.m. this morning, as I was just around the corner here, I drove, as I normally do every Sunday morning, and there was two particular people sitting on a half block wall, and no, this doesn't happen all the time. I'm not one of those people that tells all of these great stories about, when I was on the airplane and this happened, and, but I drove past this couple sitting on the rock wall. They were in their walking gear. The lady was looking concerned, and the gentleman was on his phone, and I drove past, and I got about 100 meters down the road, okay, 50 meters down the road, and I felt like Holy Spirit said, turn around. Like, yeah, now I've got, I've still got some, some preparation to go. 100 meters, turn around. Turn left down the street I needed to go down, another 50 meters. You better turn around. Another 50 meters. <laughs> Oi, turn the car around. <laughs> and I say that and it's like, well, what does that actually look like? No, it was not an audible voice. There was a gut check. I could feel his presence and I was like, okay, I don't think this way, so it's got to be God. <laughs> so I slowed down, I turned around. And so we got about 250 meters. I'm growing as slow as I can so I can actually think about what I'm going to say. <laughs> Oi, what are you doing? No. And as I turned around, I saw the couple walking. And naturally, I was like, you beauty. <laughs> but as I went past them, they looked at me, I looked at them, and I did a Yui thinking, man, they're going to feel strange because they're going to see this car come this way a third time. <laughs> I just felt a nudge, and I felt that feeling dissipate, and I felt like God say, good job. I'm like, what the heck was that for? And I felt like God just whisper in my ear, this is being led by me. Obedience is what I'm looking for far more than outcome. Here I was thinking that that was about this couple, but it was actually about me. Something so silly, if I want to put it that way naturally, like stopping, turning the car around and wasting two minutes and some petrol. Praise the Lord that it's not $3.20 right now. <laughs> was a significant moment again to be reminded that he speaks and he wants to lead and he wants to guide. And the team are going to come and join me. I don't want you to be distracted. But the truth is when we identify with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we gain salvation from our sins, but we also receive the promised presence of Holy Spirit. And I want you to be reminded 
as I was reminded that in Romans 8, again, it says this in verse 9, remember you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Now don't panic because the moment you say yes to Jesus is the moment the Spirit enters your life. But maybe, just maybe, it's a moment of recognition to say, how am I going when it comes to the third person of the Trinity? On Pentecost Sunday, is my life just about God the Father, God the Son, and just every now and then when I'm in a panic, God Holy Spirit, or is today a reigniting? Is today not just an awareness and a feeling, although I feel Him constantly, you can feel Him, Constantly, it's not just an on me, but I'm going after the in me and believing he wants to work through me. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit is promised to us. The gift of the Holy Spirit is worth waiting for. The gift of the Holy Spirit is as much for individuals as it is a collective group as we sit here. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is for your benefit, my benefit. And I believe the gift of the Holy Spirit actually requires some things from who we are. It requires our emptiness. You can't be filled if you're already full. See, this is why it's an infilling because it's to be poured out to be filled again. Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know, look, I'm all good. I got enough God. Then maybe he's not working through you nearly enough so that you can be filled afresh. Or maybe your life's so filled with so much other things that he's there, but he's not able to fill because the jar is already full. Maybe today is an opportunity to come back in a moment we're gonna worship and empty ourselves before the Lord and make a decision. I've gotta actually come back to your word and your way. (laughs) Not only does he require our emptiness, he requires a death to self. Not my will, but yours be done, as Jesus taught us. Requires a release of control. How much in control of your life are you? Or how much of Holy Spirit is in control of your decisions, your wherewithal, your worth, your understanding, your why? And then I think, finally, the gift of the Holy Spirit requires our dependence. See, it was the dependence of the disciples that discovered Jesus wasn't just some supernatural legend. He was God. (laughs) I believe in the wind. I believe as we sing, people are going to feel Holy Spirit. I believe in the fire. I believe there are going to be people burnt, so to speak, for Him, marked for His plans and His purpose. And I believe today in these moments, People are going to be filled with a new language. And you're going to speak. The tongue is going to come forth. But I'm coming back to the same question. Are you expected? As you would be for that piece of lettuce or that piece of steak. Are you expectant? Are you dependent? Are you empty enough to receive what he has? He is here. 
That's not a question, but the question still remains. Are we in a place where we're ready to receive? So right there in the local, right in this auditorium, there in the chapel, maybe even there in your lounge room. I know it may sound a bit silly. It may feel a little bit weird, but why don't we all stand to our feet for a moment? We're gonna sing this song we've sung many times before. It's called Fresh Wind. We're gonna create some room. I believe specifically people need to respond today, but we're just gonna take a moment just initially to posture ourselves, take our minds off the things of this world or the stresses of our day and say, God, would you move? Holy Spirit, come and fall on our lives. So just in your own way, whatever that posture looks like right now, just take a moment. And I'm gonna ask Dave to sing as we receive for a moment. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I trust you're encouraged by this incredibly powerful word. You know, you've always got a place to call home here at Life, and I wanna encourage you to join us in one of our campuses in Auckland or Tauranga, or why don't you join us at Church Online. To find out more about life and to stay connected with us, why don't you visit lifenz.org.